Because every time you pay attention to a voice that's not from God, the words that you receive are seeds. The words and the actions of those people that come into your life are seeds. And when you allow those seeds into your life, you sow them into your spirit and it becomes part of who you are. Every seed will have a harvest. Every seed will produce a tree that will produce fruit. The question you have to ask yourself is what kind of fruit do I want in my life? Hello and welcome to the Love Key Church podcast, where we share our church's message of the week. My name is Heinz Winkler, and together with my wife, children, and our leadership team, we host Love Key Church here in Somerset West, online, and on this podcast. It is our mission to help you to encounter God, align with His purposes, reign in life, and help others to do the same. We trust that you will find this message empowering, encouraging, and inspiring. Please share it with your friends and family and write a review for us. And a huge thank you goes out to those who have already done so. May you be thoroughly blessed as you listen to this message. I wanted to start with a question today. And the question is, has any one of you ever been disappointed in a product that you bought based on the ad advertisement or the advertisement however you want to pronounce it, based on the ad, they sold you something, they said, this is what it is, and you were like, yes, I need that. But typically you only wanted it, right? Not need, really. It's, <laughs> it's, more, a, it's more a want situation. But you bought it. Maybe you, how many of you are online shopaholics? Anyone? We'll pray for you. All right, we'll lay hands. My wife will stand in the line as well. <laughs> um, so if how many of you have bought something, it arrived, and you're like, this is not what I ordered, or this is not what I thought it was? Anyone? Yeah. So you told one thing. You were told this is what it's going to be, but it ended up being something else. Amen? Not amen. That's what happened. I shouldn't, I shouldn't do that amen in that place. Sorry. It's a bit of a habit. All right. So have you ever, in the same way, I want you to think in the same way, the same way that you noticed, let's say what's typically happened to most of us is something pops up on your Instagram feed, right? Or your Facebook feed. Why? Because you spoke to someone about, I need to get a new vacuum cleaner. And suddenly the best vacuum cleaner in the world comes up on your feed because they're listening in, guys. <laughs> All right. So, so then you clicked on that and you're like, this is the best vacuum cleaner in the world. And then it arrives at your house and it sucks because it doesn't work. <laughs> All right, so, <laughs> so now imagine the same way that that happened, you and I have or have had people in our lives that we paid, listen to the word, we paid attention to them. We paid attention to what they said. And that caused us to receive what they were saying. And then maybe it took a while and one of two things may have happened. You realize that what he said or she said and how she lives her life doesn't line up. Or what they said to you and you bought and started applying in your own life ended up not being true. The fruit of applying the thing that you paid attention to ended up being really bad fruit. Anyone ever had that happen to them? 
All right. So I want you to remember these examples as we do a quick recap and get into the word today. So as I said, we're busy with a series called Fruit, and I showed you a slide, a picture of just showing seed, tree, fruit. Let's just put that up quickly, just to remind them. A seed is sown, it produces a tree, and a tree then has fruit. Are we in agreement? So how many of you know that the seed is important? All right. Now, we've spoken about how God's original blessing and command was to be fruitful and multiply. And how that applies to marriage and having physical children. But it also applies in a new covenant context to Jesus who is the express image of God. And the Bible says in the beginning we were created in the image of God. And then he said this image of me be fruitful and multiply. But then sin changed that. Amen. Then Jesus came. The express the perfect image of God and through Jesus we as people who receive and accept him can be lined up again with the original plan of God and be in his image now we have to be fruitful and multiply our own children everyone who's afraid of having more says yes come on and we need to disciple people. We need to make disciples of all nations. What is that? That is taking the image of Christ and helping others to connect with it so that they can also become the image of Christ and be fruitful and multiply. Amen? Do you remember that? If you missed it, go and listen to it. It was a really good message because it's not mine. I just gave it. Then we spoke about how we are positioned to produce. Do you remember that one? So However, wherever you are at in life, you are positioned. And the position that you're in, physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, will produce something. The question is, what are you producing? What is the fruit of your life? The position that you're in is very important. And then my good friend and our brother in Christ, Harvey, spoke last week about that we will have no fear for the year. If... We obey God's word, amen? And if we know who our source is, and if we understand that the only thing to be feared is God himself, to have a holy, healthy fear of God, and then everything else starts to fall in line. Please go listen to those messages. On that note, this is something very important. I'm gonna repeat this probably a few times today. I felt very strongly in my spirit as I was preparing that I need to today, I need to ask of all of you in our church and in our community, when you fast this week, to also fast from other voices, meaning other preachers, other prophets, other evangelists. This is not to say you can never do that ever again. This is to say I feel like God wants to do something specific in this house with what he has brought together. So I wanna ask you, and I, I felt the Holy Spirit tell me to say this in stronger terms but I feel almost uncomfortable to do that. But I want to command you as your spiritual father to not listen to every YouTube thing and every message and every little thing that's forwarded to you on WhatsApp, but to say, I'm gonna tune out all the noise, all the voices, and I'm gonna focus on what God is doing right now with Love Key Church. I wanna ask you to do that. And I believe that there will be amazing fruit from doing that this week. 
And maybe after this week you'll go, sure, I actually need to have a lot less voices in my life because God has planted me here for a reason. Amen? All right. I believe that today in today's message, um, God wants to show us to be aware of false prophets, of antichrists, and those kind of voices that want to come into our life. The message for today is called, What You Sow Will Show. What You Sow Will Show. Who likes a good rhyme? Anyone? (laughs) I, I try to come up with these things so you can remember it. Position to produce, what you sow will show. Just to remember, to remember these things, it, it helps us when the moment comes where we, are, where we want to be perhaps compromised, where we are tempted to, to move away from what God wants. I believe God wants to show us to be aware of voices in our lives that is not from Him. Because every time you pay attention to a voice that's not from God, the, vo- the words that you receive are seeds. The words and the actions of those people that come into your life are seeds. And when you allow those seeds into your life, you sow them into your spirit. And it becomes part of who you are. And every seed will have a harvest. Every seed will produce a tree that will produce fruit. The question you have to ask yourself is, what kind of fruit do I want in my life? Today's message can be seen as an extension of the message position to produce. Because where we position ourselves will have a a big effect on what we allow into our lives. But today, it's more about the voices, the words, and the actions that we choose to allow into our hearts. There's a difference between listening to someone while standing strong on your conviction and listening to someone and letting every word they say, you go, you nod, and you agree. And something starts to change on the inside of you. So we need to know that we individually, yes, will also reap what we sow in terms of our words and our actions. And yes, we each need to check ourselves. Am I not perhaps a false prophet or an antichrist? Am I not speaking outside of the word of God, coming up with my own ideas that I'm now forcing on other people or sharing with other people? Is this what I'm saying in line with God's word? We need to check that, absolutely. But the focus today is going to be more on what we are allowing to come into our lives. All right. I wanted to do an illustration this morning, but I thought the cleanup is going to be so big, I'd rather not do it. But what I wanted to do is I wanted to call up a volunteer, which probably would have ended up one of my children. I wanted to take a handful of seeds, tell the volunteer, close your mouth, and then throw it at them. And then all the seeds will fall to the ground. And then I'll take another hand of seeds and say, open your mouth. Throw again. And the seeds will go into his mouth. And this is the picture I want you to see. What are you opening yourself up to? Is it wise? Are you applying any form of discernment? Or is anyone that is charismatic and convinced about what they believe overwhelming to you and just go, yo, this must be true. (laughs) Or do you have a spiritual backbone supported by the word of God and godly people around you? That's the question for us today. We're going to read a lot of scripture because I love scripture. It says it best. Mooi, sigrechter die aksie. 
So we're going to read from Matthew 7, from verse 15. Jesus is speaking. Who is Jesus? That took way too long. He's the son of the living God. And as he is speaking here, he is in his incarnate form, speaking to his people. He says, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruit. And we've got a little picture to show you that. <laughs> I, want to, I want you to really get pictures today in your mind, all right? Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes? Picture. Or figs from thistles? Picture. So... Every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. Come on, I'm making the Bible come alive for you today. Yes? And we've got some good and bad fruit as well. You show them that? There we go. Let's continue. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit. Nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, you will recognize them by their fruits. In the New King James, that last sentence reads, Therefore, by their fruits you will know them. And then Jesus continues straight out of that, straight out of talking about false prophets. He continues and says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, cast out demons in your name, and do many mighty works in your name? And I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Like a lichte musiek van ochend. Guys, this is, this is the Jesus that many of you say you follow. He is speaking. He issues a warning during his sermon and it echoes true and important here in this hall today as well. Beware. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the living word, the bread of life, the one who has all authority in heaven and earth, he is speaking. Do you fear him? Will you listen? Will you take heed in his word? He says, beware. Will you beware? If you truly have a healthy fear of him, I believe you will do that. And he says, tells us to be aware of one thing, false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. He warns against a group of people that he refers to as false prophets. What would be the opposite of a false prophet? A true prophet. 
So he distinguishes. There are true prophets. Obviously, he is one. But there also will come false prophets. Their modus operandi is to come to you. Did you notice that? They come to you. That means that they, and you, and you don't have to look for them necessarily, they will come to you. This indicates a motive, an intention, a plan, an agenda by the one who is in sheep's clothing but inside a ravenous wolf. And when these false prophets come, not if, when they come, they are in sheep's clothing on the outside. So what does that mean? It means they appear to be like you. If you are a sheep following the shepherd Jesus, they will look sound like you. They might even present as even more spiritual than you are. And you might think, wow, this sheep looks a lot better than me. That's part of the deception. Some of them will even appear to be shepherds. They will be spiritually strong. They will say all the right words and make you think like, wow, I should be a sheep under this shepherd. But God never told you to be a sheep under that shepherd. But underneath this appearance of being a sheep, being one of us, they are ravenous, dangerous, vicious wolves. They have the appearance of one of the sheep, but is in, is, has a false identity, a false outward projection of themselves, veiling, covering up a hidden agenda to destroy. What does a ravenous wolf do? What is... Do they just chill and look at the sheep? Yeah, sup? No. There, there's an intent to kill. Amen? Because every Israelite that Jesus was speaking to knew that wolves were one of the greatest enemies of sheep. So they knew what he was talking about. Then Jesus follows his warning with some important information. He says how you will recognize them. What does that mean? It means you won't recognize them in sheep's clothing. You will think that they are one of us. You will think that they are like you. You will think that they are like a So you won't be able to recognize them initially. So we need to be aware that this can happen. So we need to have our discernment meters up. We have to have our radar up, amen? So therefore, Jesus says you will recognize them by their fruits. What is fruits of your life? What is the fruits of your life? Okay. The fr- this is what your life produces, okay? They may say things that sound right, but over time, true motives and intentions will be revealed. You may, like I said earlier, apply what they've said and find out this is not true. You may take what they say, compare it to the word of God and go, wait a minute, this is not true. They will know them by their fruit. You will recognize them by their fruit. Okay, now I showed you those pictures. We can go through them again. Then he he creates this picture, things that they would know in their day. But we will recognize this too. He says, does grapes come from a thorn bush or figs from thistles? And this is a rhetorical question with an obvious answer, no. You know, if if you're a child, you would go, duh. It's, or just immature. (laughs) But does it come from that? No, Jesus, of course not. So Jesus is 
uncomplicating the dilemma of false prophets for them. He's saying it's the same way. The same way that you won't find grapes on a thorn bush or figs on thistles, in the same way you won't find good fruit on a bad character, on a false prophet. It also means that you won't recognize them by their outward appearance because they will dress up like sheep. The true fruit will reveal their inward viciousness. They're not going to appear ravenous. They're not going to appear vicious at first. This is why it's important. Today's message says, what you sow, you will show. How do you think a false prophet becomes a false prophet? Why is someone a false prophet? Because by, by sowing, they sowed certain things into their lives or other people hurt them, broke them down, or they just carry some kind of issue. And now they've got this thing of they want to just hurt, kill, steal, destroy anyone and everything else. So something was sowed into their life and now there's a tree that is bearing bad fruit. Are we in agreement? So do you think a false prophet comes from someone sowing truth, humility, and servanthood? Duh, yeah. Or maybe it was by sowing hate, division, manipulation, selfishness, and pride. What you sow will show. So firstly, Jesus talked about a type of tree. He talks about, he compares grapes to thorn bushes. There's different types of trees. Did you notice that? And with this, he says that if someone is a true prophet, a, um, a grape vine, then their life will bear the fruit consistent that, uh, which aligns with the word of God. So if someone is a true prophet, you will see the fruit that aligns with the word of God. Then he, the, so the, first the type of fruit. So you will get a false prophet that is not a believer, that never had an encounter with Jesus. They are absolutely just out to, to uh, almost be like a con artist, okay? So that's the, it's not even a tree that ha can have good fruit. It's a, it's a thorn bush. So we've got the thorn bush false prophet. Then he talks about a healthy and an unhealthy tree. So there's the type difference, then there's the health difference. A tree that's healthy has good fruit. A tree that's unhealthy has bad fruit. So let's say someone at some point grew up in church. They learned the language. They know there's a God. They know there's Jesus Christ. They would even maybe have had an encounter with him. But somewhere, somehow, something was sown into their lives that they allowed and bitterness, pride grew. Now they are just in a place where they like to manipulate. I think in some cases people don't even realize that they are doing damage. But in most cases you'll find people are just running their own agenda. They're saying the right things, doing the right things to get you to fall in line, to believe in their narrative. And that's an unhealthy tree having unhealthy fruit. But we will recognize them by their fruits. We need discernment to, to be able to to know which kind we are dealing with. Amen? In the very last verse, it says, every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown in the fire. Thus, you will recognize them by their fruits. Now, at first read, it can look like that very last sentence stands on its own. Thus, you will know them or recognize them by their fruits. But it sounds... Firstly, I want to say this sounds similar to Jesus' language in John 15, which we covered two weeks ago, where he says that he is the vine, we are the branches. Do you know that verse? Jesus says, I am the vine, 
God the Father is the farmer and you are the branches. And Harvey also spoke about it last week. And he said, be a branch. Some of us want to be the vine or be our own plant. He says, be a branch. So Jesus says, we have to be a branch in him. He says that um, if, we, if a branch doesn't bear fruit, it's cut off and thrown into the fire. Do you remember that? Was the language ambiguous? No, it was clear, right? And he said, if you do bear fruit, you will be pruned. But no fruit cut off, thrown in the fire. Now here, Jesus speaks of a tree, not a vine, that bears fruit, but the fruit is bad. In this case, he says, it will be cut down. Now Jesus is the word of God. He makes a promise. Do you think that'll come to pass or not come to pass? It will come to pass, amen? So it will be cut down, but when? When will the tree be cut down? This, I believe, could be in a person's lifetime. That their lies and their manipulation and their ravishness, their savageness will be revealed and they will be exposed. And everyone around them that was caught by their web of lies will realize, shucks, this, this is a false prophet. Secondly, I believe it could refer to the end times. When all of us, false prophets included, have to stand before the white throne of judgment and Jesus will test our lives. And there, you'll be cut off, thrown in the fire if you, if you bore bad fruit. The very last sentence, like I said, is interesting. It says, thus, you will recognize them by the fruit. I believe that this can mean that one of the fruits that you can recognize false prophets by is that they will be cut off and thrown into the fire. You, you, this is what you can read into this text, is that one of the ways you will know that someone is a false prophet is that in some way they are cut off and thrown into the fire. And it's, if it's in the final judgment, we will not be privy to that. But it could also mean that by God's sovereignty, he allows such a false prophet's true inward vicious motives to be laid bare and exposed so that he's brought to shame and everyone around him can see it. So the question to each of us is, what or who are you allowing to sow into your life? What is the fruit of the person's life who you are allowing to sow into your life? Have you asked God for discernment about whether you should receive what they say about God, what they say about Jesus, what they say about the Holy Spirit, what they say about the Word of God, what they say about your local church, what they say about your leaders. Should you be open or should you listen with a lot of discernment and, wa- and wisdom? Agreement, I said this earlier as well, agreement is a powerful thing. You can listen to someone who's talking absolute nonsense and just by nodding because you're being nice, you're actually agreeing with that nonsense. Be very careful of what you agree with inwardly be wise and have discernment. This is me really as a spiritual dad going, guys, wake up. You and I are inundated with teachers, prophets, evangelists, online, everywhere. Everyone's forwarding stuff. Everyone's listening to stuff. Some people think that church is the stuff they get online. That's my church. That is completely against the word of God. And we will see in scriptures that are coming up why this is dangerous. Ultimately, from that piece of scripture, we need to remember this. Beware of false prophets. Amen?
All right. Now, let's see how Paul explains the same concept to Timothy and how John the, 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 John the Baptist, how he explains it to the church. No, not John, sorry. John the Baptist, the other John. How he explains it to the church. So firstly, I want to say this. Fruit can be good or bad. We've seen that now. Are, you, are we in agreement? All right. So notice now, as we read this, how Paul and John differentiate between good and bad fruit on people's lives and how false prophets and teachers and antichrists play a role in this. I want you to just keep that in mind. All right. So let's read together 2 Timothy 3. We're going to read the whole chapter. Yes. Everyone's excited about it. All right. Paul, who is pastoring, leading, discipling Timothy, says to him, but understand this, that in the last days, everyone say the last days, there will come times of difficulty. Wow, thank you, Paul. That's nice. Now he says, so the next word is for. Four people will do this next thing. So he is going to now say, why will it be difficult? It will be difficult for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness, do you see that? Having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. These things that I just read, will you agree with me, they are the fruit of a bad tree. The, the tree was born in seed that is corruptible or corrupted, and it formed this tree and now it's bearing fruit. All these horrible things that we just read. Interestingly, if you speak to most people who are in the world who don't even know Christ, if you make that list of words, they will also go, yeah, that's bad. They would think that's terrible. But when push comes to shove, they won't acknowledge Jesus, they won't acknowledge God, and they won't recognize that God is actually the, the ultimate moral authority on all things. Listen to what Paul says about people who have these things in their life, who carries these fruits in their lives. Paul says, avoid such people. What? Avoid? But I thought I must love everyone. Not the wolves, not the antichrists. We avoid them. Listen to why, he says why. For among them are those who creep into households and capture weak women, burdened with sin and led astray by various passions. Listen to this. Oh my goodness, we're in an age of too much knowledge and not enough wisdom. They are always learning and never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth. They are always learning. I'm reading this book. I'm going to this conference. Have you heard this guy? Always learning but never arriving at the knowledge of the truth. One of the fruit of a false prophet or teacher is he never applies what he actually teaches if it's in line with the word of God. Just as Janus and Jambres or Janus and Jambres opposed Moses, so these men also oppose the truth. Men corrupted in mind 
and disqualified regarding the faith, but they will not get very far for their folly will be plain to all. This refers, in my opinion, to the same thing. They will be cut off and thrown in the fire, as was that of those two men. Paul refers to an Old Testament example of people who turned against Moses, the leader of the group, the leader of the people of God, the leader of the church. And he uses them as an example of what not to do. Remember this verse in in Romans. We don't have it on the screen. I'm going to read it to you. Romans 16, verse 17. Paul writes to the church in Rome. He says, I appeal to you, brothers, to watch out for those who cause divisions and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught. Avoid them. Why should you avoid them? For such persons do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ but their own appetites. The one translation says they worship their own bellies. And by smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the hearts of the naive. Paul is warning a elder, a, a pastor of a church, and he's warning a whole church of the same thing. People who do not bear the right fruit, who are not speaking in line with what they've been taught, they need to be avoided. They need to be treated like unbelievers. Will you listen to an unbeliever and receive what they are saying into your life? If you are, stop. Have discernment. Ask God for wisdom. Amen? All right. Now, we're going to continue in... 2 Timothy 3, I want you to listen to what the fruit of obedience and faithfulness is. We've now seen the fruit of sin, the fruit of a bad tree. Now listen to the good ones. Paul says to Timothy, verse 10, you, however, have followed my teaching. The very first thing he says, you have listened to what I have taught you. My conduct, the way I live my life, you followed my example, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions and sufferings that happened to me in Antioch, in Iconium and in Lystra, which persecutions I endured. Yet from them all the Lord rescued me. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ will be persecuted. Thank you, Paul. What is he saying? The fruit of a Christian's life is that you will suffer for Christ. It's not too late. You can still run away. But here we read the word of God, we believe the word of God, and we apply the word of God. And from the next chapter in Timothy, you'll see why this is important. Paul speaks about this. But these are the fruit of a life where it was sown Timothy let Paul sow into his life. And what has been sown is now showing in Timothy's life. And Paul, the one who sowed it into his life, sees it and commends him for it. And he tells him, keep going. Do you see that, church? Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ will be persecuted while Evil people and imposters will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. What is, in a way, you go like, okay, so either I'm persecuted or I'm deceived. 
to most of us Western people, that doesn't sound like a good option. I remember as a student, I was witnessing to people in my class. I was studying law. And I had these, you know, excuse me, I'm going to make a generalization that's probably going to offend some of you. But in my experience as an Afrikaner, most English people in South Africa tend to be more liberal in their thinking. And this was the case with two ladies in my class. And, the, and we were having a social gathering at someone's house and we started, and I tried to evangelize them. And, and so there's one, and now I, I'm studying law, so everyone there wants to be advocate, so everyone can litigate. And no one has, so we are having this, you know, argument. And so eventually she says to me, so you're saying that either you spend eternity in heaven or eternity in hell. I said, yeah, exactly. She goes, that's not much of a choice. I say, exactly. Choose the right one. And it was this weird conversation where I go, you get it, but you don't get it. It was the weirdest thing because the pride in her heart was still so strong. She's like, I want to decide where I go. This is not a choice. And because the choice that is there, she's like, I'm not going to opt for this. So I don't believe that that is the choice. How many of you know that whether she believes it or not, the choice is still the choice? Pride is a killer. Now Paul says the following words. After he has just spoke about, if you follow Christ, you'll be persecuted, and this is what will happen to imposters. He said, but as for you, and I want to say to you, church, Let's not be foolish. Let's not, let's, not, let's not be like others. But as for you, but as for us as Love Key Church, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it. You see, a true prophet, he as Paul, as a true prophet, is saying to his son in the faith, this it, what you've learned, those are seeds that have been sown. And how from childhood you have been acquainted with, oh, this is so beautiful. You've been acquainted with the sacred writings. He's referring to scripture, Old Testament scripture. Now listen to the, listen to the connection Paul makes. Remember, this, the New Testament wasn't written. This is Paul writing a letter to Timothy. Timothy reading it for the first time. He only has had the Old Testament, the, 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 um, the first five books, the Torah, all that stuff. That's all he's had, the sacred writings. He says to him, and how from childhood you've been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for what? Salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. What? Paul was one of the main Pharisees persecuting Christians who said that the Messiah is here. The Messiah prophesied by the sacred writings. Are you with me, church? I'm like, it's very quiet. So this Paul, who had a massive conversion, is now saying to his son in the faith, you must hold on to what I've taught you and what your mother has taught you from the sacred writings. And he makes a connection from the Old Testament to the New, showing him that Jesus was prophesied all the time. And you can see that now, because salvation is through Jesus Christ. This is so beautiful. And then he makes a massive statement that you should never forget. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be half, may never reach the point of fullness, may struggle, 
may always fall flat on his face. May always say to other people, I'm just human. No, be complete, equipped for every good work. That's the power of the Word of God. Are you sowing the power of the Word of God in your life and is it showing? 2 Timothy 4, this is exactly continuing out of 2 Timothy 3. So we are still reading the same letter, all right? We don't break it up because they didn't break it up when they wrote it initially. 2 Timothy 4, so Paul continues, he says, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who's the judge of the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. Why? Because with sheep, you will need patience. Amen. For the time is coming. Who knows Paul is prophesying? The time is coming. If you haven't listened up until now, please listen. I know it's hot. I know it's long. But you're not sitting in a desert and you have eaten. So focus. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching. But having itching ears, they will listen to this church, accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. The one translation says they will listen to fables, fairy tales. As for you, there's those words again, as for you. So don't be like these people who accumulate teachers to suit their own passions that they will turn away from listening to the truth. What does multiple teachers teaching multiple things do? It leads you away from the truth. You are sowing deceit. You are sowing lies. You are sowing sowing doubt. And eventually what shows in your life is that you've moved away from the truth of the word of God. But as for you, always, always be sober-minded. Who knows you cannot go on a holiday from being a Christian. I'm on holiday now. I'm just going to relax a little bit. You can never actually fully relax in your spirit being. Times of holiday should actually be you going into more time with God and be refreshed spiritually. As for you, always be sober-minded. Endure suffering. Sure, Paul. We've had enough of this. Endure suffering. Again, there will be suffering. What is my response? Endure it. Do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. This is your calling. This is what you're supposed to do. Stay the course, stand strong. Do not be moved from the left or the right. Amen, can we see that? Can we agree with that? Amen? I've got one more piece of scripture for you that lines up so beautifully with what we've read up until now. In 1 John 2 from verse 18, John is saying to his church, children, it is the last hour. Can we say the last hour? And as you have heard, the Antichrist is coming. So now many Antichrists have come. Therefore we know that this is the last hour. They went out from us. Excuse me? They, the Antichrists, went out from us. But they were not of us. 
For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that it might become plain, that it might become obvious that they are not of us. That is another version of saying they were cut off and thrown into the fire. Listen to the same language that Paul uses with Timothy. He spoke about one group. Now he says, but you. Do you see that? I get excited about these things. I wish you could as well. Just, you know, act like you do. But you. (laughs) You have been anointed. Everyone say anointed. By the Holy One. And you have... And you, you all have knowledge. He's saying to this church, you have knowledge. You've been anointed by the Holy One, by God Himself, and you have knowledge. I write to you not because you do not know the truth, but because you know it. And because no lie is of the truth. Hello. Who is the liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This is the Antichrist. Anti means against. So it will mean against the Christ. He who denies the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever confesses the Son has the Father also. Let what you heard from the beginning abide in you. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, then you too will abide in the Son and in the Father. This is the same language that Jesus used in John 15, where he says, if you abide in me, I will abide in you. John is repeating it here. And this is the promise that he made to us. We have a promise, and the promise is eternal life. Amen. I write these things to you about those who are trying to deceive you. Wolves in sheep's clothing trying to deceive you. Antichrists, false teachers, but the anointing that you received from him abides in you, and you have no need that anyone should teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about everything and is true and is no lie, just as it has taught you, abide in him. From these scriptures, I think there are two things that we have to take seriously. If God has given you a pastor, a teacher that you know that you know, either you were brought into the family through that person or you know that this is the church that you should be at, that you take that person's message from God seriously and that you've, the original message that you heard that that person is sowing into your life, you stand on that. Don't let it be changed. You, th- you see, I know, I know, I know, I know because this has happened to me. I've been tempted by this as well. That we get bored with a powerful truth that changed our lives. How sad is that? We get bored with just the gospel. We wanna hear the next exciting thing. We wanna hear the next revelation. We wanna hear this thing and that thing and whatever. And what do we do? We're actually being very carnal. Paul said something amazing in the book of Acts. When people came to him and said, hey, these people are preaching this and saying that and they're not even of us. Paul says, as long as they're preaching Christ and him crucified, let them go. Christ and him crucified. You saw it when Simon was speaking earlier today. The moment he spoke about the, the, the essence of the gospel, he was moved. We should never get to that place where we are bored of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? 
Because that is when we will start, our ears will start itching like Paul says, and we will start heaping up interesting speakers, passionate speakers, people who scream at you, people who whisper at you, people who have all kinds of styles and all kinds of revelations, and you're like, oh, let me just heap up these teachers so that I can be learning and learning and learning, but never coming to the knowledge of truth. Church, we have to track law, I almost want to say. And say, this is my church, this is my God. And that's the second thing that John says, you know the truth, you know what the Holy One has given you. He's anointed you, he's told you the truth, he's your source of the ultimate truth and that never changes. Don't let false teachers come along and tell you something else. Don't let them lead you astray with lofty ideas and all these things. In, in 2 Corinthians 10, Paul teaches about spiritual warfare and he says, we have weapons mighty in God for doing what? Pulling down strongholds, arguments, and lofty ideas. What is that? Philosophies, things that people will just say because it sounds amazing, but it is empty. It has no eternal value. What is being sown into your life? Is it the church that God has planted you in and his word and his word alone? Or are you open to just about anything and you're just looking for the next exciting word? Thank you so much for listening to the Love Key Church Podcast message of the week. I trust that you had a life-changing encounter with God that will help you to align with His purposes so that you can be one step closer to reigning in life. And may you be inspired to share this with others. Have a great week and remember to listen again next week or you can catch us live online or come visit us in person. May God bless you and keep you. Make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you and your loved ones. God bless you. Bye-bye.